0: Thank you, Mr. Chairman. (laughs) Panelists, let me just go right down the line real fast. What percent of our atmosphere is CO2? Take your best guess, you don't have to be accurate. All down the line. Repeat that question. What percent of our atmosphere is CO2, carbon dioxide? Wild guess, it's okay. I'll buy 5%. Five?
1: I'll just follow you then. <laughs> we'll get seven. Uh, that's my favorite
2: number. I'll see their five and um, suggest that we know that transportation causes 49% of CO2, so that's why we're all working on energy transition.
0: All right. So what number do you think it is? Eh, five. Five? Right. How about you? I didn't hear you, Mr. Dreyer. Seven. Seven. Did you have one, uh, Mr. Boyd? So we got a five, seven, uh the price is right. Eight, I'm gonna get the high end. All right. Well, I I appreciate that and I don't mean to put you on ice. I ask a lot of people that because all we hear is climate change, climate change, CO2, CO2. I heard a couple of you on the panel saying you're looking to change your vehicles to electric even though we don't have the electric grid. And me as a farmer, I wouldn't be real happy about running out and replacing $300,000, $500,000, million dollar pieces of equipment because someone someone wants it to be electric. The answer is 0.04%. Not 1%, not a half of a percent, it's 0.04%. And it's gone up from 0.03 over the last couple of decades. This is what we're being all contorted into doing is this tiny change in CO2. If we go if we get below 0.02, plant life starts dying up. In the land
2: of the blind, the one-eyed man is king. In the time of censorship, non-compliance is key. From an undisclosed location in FEMA Region 10, it's your host, Joshua Michael.
1: Thank you for joining me, folks. Today is December 9th, 2023. And what you just heard there was a peek behind the curtain of the entire climate hoax and the next plan to try to subvert the entire global population into a prison system where they control, manipulate, lie, cheat, steal, herd the public, steal your futures, steal your money out of your bank account, steal off our resources when they say that the planet is dying. But is it really? Are we really falling into this oblivious state where we're gonna run out of resources and the planet is gonna starve and the entire population is gonna fall into this abyss of hell? Is that really the case? Or is it a manufactured crisis? I want you to think about that today. And I also want you to understand that the manufactured crisis that is in our midst is going to be used in the name of climate change. In the name of safety and security. In the name of preserving your liberty, you have to give up your liberty. Remember that. Welcome, folks. I'm your host, Joshua Michael, with Noncompliant America, and this may be the most important message that you hear this year on this radio, on this time, right now. And I think it's very important to preface that into what I'm going to be talking about today. There's a couple stories that I want to get into. I want to talk about some local stuff, uh, things going on in the city of Salem, things going on in Oregon. But also how that plays a bigger picture in the rest of the world and the, the rest of the organizations that have taken root and have grown and been spending years and tens of millions of dollars on putting this infrastructure to sell the great hoax. And we're going to be talking about how our cities are are already playing into this hoax without you even knowing about it. But first, I just want to say, please like and subscribe and share this broadcast today. Right now, you can go to noncompliantamerica.com or you can write me at jm at noncompliantamerica.com. All right. So in order to go forward, we have to go backwards. And before we go backwards, we have to understand a lot of people, have you guys seen Oppenheimer, right? And the development of the nuclear bomb and how that plays a part. There's some very key historical elements to that movie. And I've studied the development of that uh, with the Oppenheimer group and uh, and DARPA and the Jason Society and people that actually did the development for the nuclear program. But that wasn't the only nuclear program. That wasn't the only thing that they did at that time. There's a lot of other secret programs that have come out since high altitude explosions. I want to talk specifically about something called operation fishbowl. And what was operation fish fishbowl? It was a series of explosions that they were launching into space to try to detonate the atmosphere. Between 30 and 248 miles into the atmosphere, into the ionosphere. And they're creating massive explosions, launching nuclear bombs into space, essentially. Now, what kind of effects do you think that has doing giant explosions? Now, keep in mind, this was back in the 50s and 60s. So... What kind of effects do you think that it has at that time? Do you think they understood the value and the importance of the atmosphere and the ionosphere and the hemisphere? Do you not think that that could have a pretty substantial effect on our entire ecosystem? Absolutely. And think about all the other countries that have done something very similar in conducting some of these tests, and they still do. For example, Elon Musk is getting ready to launch a rocket. Another rocket is going to go and uh, blow up in the atmosphere. Do you not think that that has a substantial effect on our ecosystem? I do. I do. So if we're going to have a real climate discussion, if we're going to have a real debate on the effects of climate change and me driving my gas powered vehicle to the store and back or to work and back or drive across the country or whatever I want to do. And some of the emissions that comes with having a fireplace in my house, which are now banned in some cases, they're starting to ban them city by city, banning natural gas in Eugene, soon to come to Oregon, soon to come to Portland, soon to come to Salem. So what does this all mean? Why are they doing that? Why are they doing that? Where in the same breath? On the other side of the fence, you have these giant government institutions, secret organizations, NASA, you know, and all this dark money groups. They're literally launching nuclear bombs into the atmosphere and blowing it up. So if they're going to say that we don't get cars or we don't get energy or we don't get electricity or we don't get uh, natural gas then why are we not stopping these things from happening? But also, why are we not having a conversation about what they did, what these government organizations did and continue to do? And then I also want to talk about how that plays a part with cloud seeding or chemtrails, people like to call them. And have they blown up enough of our atmosphere which is essentially preserving plant life, is preserving life in itself, and have they destroyed it to a point to where they have to seed the clouds, where they have to spray, and they're basically just making up for all the damage that was done 50, 60 years ago. But we can't really have an honest debate Unless we talk about those specific things. Because I personally believe blowing up nuclear bombs in our atmosphere is going to play a pretty substantial effect on the climate. Don't you think? But nobody wants to talk about that yet. Because right now, the population, especially the American population, is undergoing a transformation. And a giant transformation is happening where everybody's waking up, they're getting out of their slumber. Metaphorically speaking, we all just got out of bed. We still are kind of, kind of getting into our faculties and seeing where we're at and starting to think about our day and our brains, not quite on running all cylinders yet. We still got to get our coffee, get our shower, you know, do all those things that get us, get us going in the morning. But we're right at that point. And these elitist groups, these oligarchs who have controlled, put us into a slumber. They've been poisoning our water system. They've been poisoning our food supply. They've been just trying to dumb us down. Uh, promote negativity, promote ugliness, promote stupidity, promote being dumb is cool for years, for years, for years, for years. You can see it in Hollywood. You can see it in all the movies. You can see it in all these things. So a massive PR propaganda campaign along with chemical induction into our system, which is why cancer's through the roof, autism's through the roof, not to mention the poison shots, not just the COVID shots, but basically all the shots where they've had indemnification since 1986. So they've been trying to stamp out the mind and what they know eventually would come. And I think we're at that point right now. And I'll tell you why, where I think a key landmark element that is very, very, uh, telling, In what the state of the world that we're at. And I'll give you another example. I was over at uh, Political Coffee Clatch with Jeff Krupp. And he does an amazing job getting together. If you haven't gone, you should go. It's every other Tuesday. They're hosting it at the Honky Tonk, I believe, uh, next, this coming Tuesday, which would be uh, the 12th or it's going to be the 19th. I don't, I don't know exactly which day. I'm sorry, Jeff, uh, if you're listening. But getting together and meeting with them, sitting down and listening, listening to their guests, but more importantly, listening to the people that are there. And these are just regular um, Republican voters that are concerned about the state. They're the active people, the people that are actually sending the letters, doing the research and everything else. But what they're talking about Not in a million years would I ever think that they're having conversations about misinformation campaigns and the takeover of AI and how climate change is a hoax and they're trying to hoax us into the next pandemic, and they're trying to create scarcity. It's created, fabricated scarcity. Just know, folks, the planet is not dying. The infrastructure that is supporting the planet is incrementally being turned off. There's not even a shortage. There's not even handicapped population. I mean, you could argue, you know, nobody under 20 wants to work anymore. They have no sense of value. Everybody's on their phones. And we all, we all know that, the effects of technology that it has. And the malnutrition really is what it comes down to. And not getting nutrition in the food, not getting exercise, not getting the vitamins, minerals, vitamin D, getting out in the sun, but also having no sense of work ethic because these children are getting neglected. They're all sitting on their phones all day while their kids are also sitting on their phones. And there's never engagement. There's never pushing, hey, you can, tr- you can try harder. You can do better. You can do this. It's everybody gets a gold star. And that's really a bigger program to virtually handicap the future generations from being able to establish or have the resistance to fight this oncoming tyrannical system you listen to joshua michael we'll be right back just stay tuned we're just getting into it things are going to be interesting today be right back Welcome back, folks. Joshua Michael, non-compliant America. That's right. Here we are. Before we went to break, we were talking about climate change and we're talking about the Operation Fishbowl that took place in the 50s where they're blowing up nuclear bombs into our atmosphere when they developed it. And that kind of plays a part with the Oppenheimer stuff. And they're just really trying to tell you all of the things. And these aren't even a fraction of some of the dark programs that have been going on. Since the industrial complex, the military industrial complex has essentially taken over most of the government, which is now being countered by Trump and the organizations and the grassroots Republicans and people, the people, you and me, countering this because they can't just go blow up a city anymore. They can't just go create a war and tell us, you know, there's weapons of mass destruction in Iraq and we go, OK, okay, let's go get them. America, we can't do that. They're they're not able to do that and you know why? It's because the informed public, the internet itself and all the other things that we have taken control of within our lives, of being able to communicate, being able to question things, stand up against things, have a platform. And so it's the court of public opinion that is the modern war that we're in. And I know I said this last week, uh but it's so telling and it's so important. And that's why you have an escalation happening with the rhetoric and they're calling all white people terrorists and white supremacy is the number one terror threat and that they're going to have to silence people. They're going to have to uh, shut down communication, shut down everything, start censoring people in the name of security and safety because the country and the United States is in jeopardy from being overthrown by these radical Terrorists, aka Republicans with a brain, aka good old grassroots Americans that just want our country back, because our country has been captured. A coup has taken place. When they say on the news on CNN that the United States is under threat from these radical right-wing extremists, what that means is that the United States that's captured. The captured stay-behind networks that have destroyed and captured our country, they are at risk from being taken over by real American institutions and real American people. So when you see it on the news that democracy is in jeopardy and this is a threat to democracy and Trump wants to be a dictator and all this nonsense, just understand, that's them grasping... That their dying system, their dying captured state is under threat by you and me and all the listeners and all the activists and all the people that are taking a part in restoring the American system because the way we restore it is we we can't go into the gauntlet and go on the hamster wheel that they want us to be on. That means get into the courts, everything else. It's getting to the public, the court of public opinion. If everybody in the country decides, hey, this is okay, it is okay for us to be an armed population, it's okay for people to carry, open carry. If everybody in the entire country says that, who cares what the government says at that point? They don't have any authority. They won't be able to stop every man, woman, and child in this country from doing something. So they're worried and they're trying to build the infrastructure, AKA the monitoring AI systems to get in line with this new uh, election that's coming out to try to counter because they don't have enough personnel because all the true believers of the democratic party of the takeover of the tyrannical system of these oligarchs that think that they control us is becoming less and less and people from their own ranks and their own systems are starting to go, "Wait a minute. This isn't the dystopian future that you guys promised us. This isn't this is nothing like we thought it was going to be. The Democrats took over this city and now it's a hellhole. And we can't buy food and you guys are banning natural gas and you're banning travel and you're putting up tolls everywhere. This sucks and it's way more expensive to live than 50 miles south from here. Why would I want to live here? All the restaurants are gone. All the main shops are gone. Everything's boarded up. There's homeless people everywhere. This is the democratic way? I don't want that. So suddenly you're having a huge influx in all types of communities, in all regions and everything, going and actually getting out of the propaganda frenzy And the propaganda stronghold that these main organizations have had, and they're moving out and they're just looking around now. They're not sucked into the fear that these guys prey upon. And they're like, I'm not scared anymore. Being scared sucks. It's not doing anything. And at the end of the day, I'm still scared. You guys aren't helping me. I need to go help myself. So these are the thoughts that are happening to a lot of people. And what are they doing? With the internet that they can't stop, they're looking up RFK, RFK Jr. A lot of you guys might have an opinion about him. I think he is doing devastating victories against the system and the war on information that we're in. Now, the person is Donald Trump. He's anti-establishment. Both of these candidates are anti-establishment. Vivek Ramaswamy is killing it. I don't know if you guys saw the debate, But he just destroyed these rhino Republicans and these stay-behind groups and these warmongering people. Just decimated them in their ideologies on how they're trying to marry the radical leftists. And these rhino Republicans are trying to create this end-fighting game. And we don't even want to play. We just want our country back. So we're not falling into it. And the people are speaking, the people are supporting, the people are rising up right now. So now is the time, and I say it every week, is to get involved and become a PCP. And I'm going to post a link in my podcast on how to become a PCP and the time windows that we have and what that means in restoring our country. And we do it county by county we don't need the federal government to be able to restore us we don't need even the states to do this this is something every man woman can do right now to get involved and to start taking our country back and subvert these stay behind groups we'll be right back
2: From the formal state of Oregon in FEMA Region 10. It's your host, Joshua Michael.
1: Welcome back, folks. Joshua Michael, Non Compliant America, and thank you very much for listening to 104.3 FM, 1220 AM. And what an interesting time that we're living in. We are now living in the fourth turning, and you are now witnessing. A revolution that is set to happen, and in the rubble of the destruction of the ideologies of the infrastructure of what we believe to be true, is now going to be a resurgence of either an AI takeover system of robots, and basically humanity, the extermination of humanity, and the very future and existence of what we see as normal, and or. A resurgence of the American system and a golden era, unlike the which we've never seen before, because we have the resources and the technology to utilize that for humanity to prosper and for humanity to grow and thrive into the greatest golden era we've ever experienced beyond the Industrial Revolution in the 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s and there on so forth, we have the potential to be more successful than that. However, there's a fork in the road. There's a decision that we have to make as people to turn a blind eye or take the fear and go head on against this system. There's no other option. You only have one or the other. You can't skate around, stand on the fence and decide which way the wind blows uh, on which side of the fence you're going to be on because it's all or nothing. But what you will find is if you come to the right area, if you come to the right area, if you come to the right side and you fall on the right side of history, you will then have the opportunity to build your life, how you see fit and live that American dream. And it's not going to come with heartaches. And you know what? We, if you're listening right now and an adult, we might not be able to experience the full potential of what may come from it. But our children will. and Our grandchildren will. But we need to kick these monsters and these demons and these evil spirits and these evil concepts and the magic that's going on to try to subvert us and subvert the population into basically self-exterminating itself And not believing in the futures and not believing in these things and having so much negativity everywhere where suicide's up through the roof, disease is going through the roof, everybody's just indulging in all of these things that were established and set up to dumb us down and kill us. Once we reject that, once you decide to give yourself to God and realize that there's a bigger plan for you, there's a bigger opportunity, and there is a great Great, great life that you can live. But it doesn't come easy and it does come with a sense of sacrifice. And it's a harder road traveled than the convenience of having everything buried into your phone and you never having to acknowledge or take on your world for what it is. Yes, there are things that are negative. Yes, there are things that are hard. Yes, I don't like doing certain things all the time either, but sometimes we just have to realize, and there's a, there's a mental trick that you can do in your mind. If you just decide, Hey, there's nobody else to do this. I'm the only one. It's just got to get done. I'm just going to do it. If you just do that, you would be amazed on how much the, the difficult task that you saw the giant fence that you had to overcome or hill that you had to climb suddenly is not so big. And what does that do? That creates confidence, that creates self-awareness, that creates all of these things that lead to a better, more stable, happier life. But being able to overcome those things, and you don't have to tackle the giant mountain at once, just take a step at a time. Take it a step at a time. And start to build whatever life that you're wanting to build. And I will tell you, don't get caught into the technology stuff because it's technology is so fascinating and it's so shiny and bright and stimulating and dopamine and all this stuff that it's good to practice getting away from it. It's good to disconnect. It's good to be vulnerable. It's good to be lonely. It's good to have nothing. It's good to be bored. It's good for you. You guys know this. But I digress. I want to play a clip real quick of RFK. This was years ago. Talking about climate credits, energy credits, pollution credits. Yes, folks, there is something called pollution credits. Yes, if you're an industrial organization and you are polluting into the atmosphere, into the world, into the world, you can buy credits from another corporation to offset your pollution discharge that you have. Let's think about that. Let's unpack that. You can buy pollution credits from other companies so you can pollute more as a company. Let's, let's take a listen.
2: If, on the other hand, we want to do what the polluters want us to do, convert our natural resources to cash as quickly as possible, have a few years of pollution-based prosperity, but our children are going to pay for our joyride. Breakfast foods marketed to children have dangerous levels of a chemical some health officials link to cancer. Half of the nation's drinking water contains potentially harmful forever chemicals. What polluters do is they make themselves rich by making everybody else poor.
1: They raise standards
2: of living for themselves by lowering quality of life for everybody else. And they do that by escaping the discipline of the free market. You show me a polluter, I'll show you a subsidy. I'll show you a fat cat using political clout to escape the discipline of the free market and force the public to pay his production costs. That's what all pollution is. The real threat to democracy comes from excessive corporate power. And if you look throughout American history, the most visionary political leaders, Republicans and Democrats have warned Americans against excessive corporate power. Teddy Roosevelt said that America would never be destroyed by a foreign enemy, but that our beloved democratic institutions would be subverted by malefactors of great wealth who would steal them from
1: within. So it's really interesting that you know, that was a video of RFK, by the way, years ago, uh, talking about these things. And he's been fighting these things for a long time and bringing things to light, just like we try to do is bringing things to light on things that you might not have known. And now how does that apply to our current state of the world? Because this has been an ongoing system that has incrementally been rolling these things out or There's these big industries that just obfuscate any type of liability and they're dumping things into our water system. Like, here's an interesting question. How is it that we don't have clean drinking water right now? How is it that they're still putting and people are still allowing? We are one of the only countries. I think it's the United States and Brazil are the only countries allowing toxic waste AKA fluoride, fluoride, hydrochloric salistic acid into our water supply. And it is in 65% of most of the city's water supply system. It is literally toxic waste that they're putting in and having you drink every single day. You're cooking with it. You're eating with it. You're showering with it. If you're not filtering your water, you're still consuming these products that are extremely cancerous They're very, very bad for you. More importantly, the SSRIs that they're finding in the water system as well, and the spillage and the runoff from all the drugs that people are taking, they're fine, it's not breaking down and it's getting back into the water supply. So you're consuming indirectly drugs that you didn't expose yourself to, that you didn't want to have, and you have no idea, and you are none the wiser. Because who's running the water departments? Who's running the water bureau? Who's allowing these chemicals? And why are we not asking our cities and counties with running the central water systems? Why are they not taking the fluoride out? Because that's really the key. And keep in mind, we are one of the only countries still allowing this. And there are activist groups into small parts of ground the country that have banned having these water systems and water supplies. But isn't that a key element for life in the preservation of our minds and the preservations of our sanity? Don't you think that that's a good place to start? I do. Don't you think we should be asking our mayor and city council people in the city of Salem, why are they still putting fluoride in the water? And who's going to account for that? And what about the damages that are incurred since they've been doing that? Are they indemnified? Are they, do they have immunity from all the damages that they do on our minds and our children's and our futures? Do you guys understand the studies of fluoride and the effects that it has on the mind? But there are ways to counter that. You can filter your water. You could take iodine, nascent iodine. You could take that uh, and it helps counter the fluoride in some of your uh receptors in your in your body and it helps push all those bad chemicals out because there's not just fluoride there's other chemicals that you're being exposed to every single day folks every single day and that's the way that we take our lives back that's the way we start taking our future back is by actively getting involved and let's speak out against this. Let's find out. Why aren't we getting the fluoride out of the city water? Me and my buddy. We need to ask our city councilmen. I know what to be bragging. They never catching us backin'. Me and my buddy. We working hard for this money. Welcome back, folks. Joshua Michael, non-compliant America. Wow. There's so much news I haven't even gotten to. Can't even scratch the surface. Can't even do enough in an hour uh, to expose you with what's really actually going on. If you're not in the fight, you are missing out of so much victory, so much fun. It's so rewarding uh, to be in the fight and face, face the name of these tyrannical people. So... Globally, kind of what's going on, I don't know if any of you saw the new Tucker interview with Alex Jones, but it just blew up the internet. That guy completely obliterated so much of the agendas. They started out prefacing all of the predictions that he's done over his 30-year career and then preface into where things are going, who's behind it, how to stop it, and all this stuff. Fascinating interview, and he's just very, 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 very... Surgically cutting the, uh, uh, cutting the knife of this agenda and dismantling it. And so again, it's in that court of public opinion mindset, that court of public opinion position to where we're slowly red-pilling the entire planet. And the introduction and purchasing of X and Twitter going into uh, Tucker taking over Twitter, going on Twitter from Fox News, going from 6 million views to 100 million in exposure, and just that overall destruction of the narratives that they've been incrementally rolling out. They just aren't getting away with things anymore. And to where now we have them in our sites, they're very desperate, they're like cornered rats. So they're starting to pick off all their underlings and try to preserve any type of thing that they can, such as... They're throwing, Hunt, or uh, not Hunter Biden, but Joe Biden. They're throwing him overboard, which is why you have all this Hunter Biden nonsense that's coming out. And they're just trying to create all of this stuff to obfuscate who the real people are running things behind us. But they're not going to win. They're not going to win. Too many people, just like you, too many people already know what's going on. So one thing, quick, real quick, uh, Elon Musk After that Tucker interview, he got so many hits, he blew up the internet. Elon Musk just posted on his Twitter uh, 10 hours ago that uh, do we reinstate Alex Jones on this platform? Do we reinstate Alex Jones on X? Right now it's at 70% say yes. Only 30% say no. 695,000 votes with 10 hours left. Do you think that he should be put on back on X? Absolutely. I do. I absolutely do. So go on to Twitter, go on to Elon Musk's profile and vote for Alex Jones. You got about 10 hours left. Well, by the time this airs, you'll have about four hours. So make sure to get on there and do that by the end of the day today uh, and vote for that because everybody deserves to speak. Right, wrong, or indifferent, everybody deserves to speak. But more importantly, the amount of vindication that has come from Alex Jones and all the political persecution and the physical persecution and the bankruptcy nonsense and the Sandy Hook crap that they made up. Everybody thinks that he's the guy that killed those kids. He's not the guy. He just exposed some anomalies going on uh, with Sandy Hook. And since then, he's apologized for it. He's talked about it. But more importantly, Sandy Hook is not Alex Jones. Sandy Hook is not Alex Jones at all. Alex Jones is the exposed the 9-11 guy. Alex Jones is the Jeffrey Epstein exposure guy. Alex Jones is, hey, the COVID shots don't work kind of guy. Alex Jones spearheaded at the beginning of COVID all the narratives he had Francis Boyle on in February of 2020 prior to even initiating the lockdowns stating that the virus came out of the Wuhan lab. That's Alex Jones willing to hit the barbed wire, willing to say all the things that nobody wants to say and setting the narratives and everything else. But now him going on Tucker Carlson uh, has really, really amplified his message because we're getting to that point where 2024 is the make or break period. If we fail in 24, that's on us at this point. All the... tea leaves are out there, all the information in showing what's really going on in the world. Whether we choose to bury our heads in the sand or choose to get involved. And I think, I believe in the system. I believe in America. I believe in the American people. I think we're going to come out of this. And everything's saying otherwise. Everything is saying that we're going to get out of this. And the isolation, the... The uh, technological isolation that's going on uh, with us thinking that we're alone, thinking we're the only ones that feel this way. Keep in mind, that's the point. But that's also why Elon bought Twitter and transformed it and opened it up. And so it's fascinating that now they're having a debate. They're having a conversation on bringing Alex back. All roads become full circle. But then you could go deeper. And I don't want to go too deep because I'm still unsure, but if you go deeper and you talk about some of the things that these Q people have been talking about for years and the whole concept of it's like a movie, sit back, watch, get some popcorn and watch this thing unfold. That very statement right there, think about what has happened since Trump got into office Almost eight years ago. Can you believe that? And so the sitting back and watching things unfold, we have incrementally as a mass, as a population have incrementally been red pilled and slow dripped of what's really going on and who the perpetrators really are. And their ultimate goal of massive extermination and poisoning and destruction of our civil liberties, destruction of our economy, destruction of our resources, while they sit back and control all the resources, they have billions of dollars, they have underground bunkers, underground bases, all the medical supplies, all the technology, all of these things, they're preserving all of that while they turn the rest of the world off thinking that they're not going to be affected, thinking that we're going to blame it on our neighbors or blame it on our local politicians or blame it on, you know, even our federal politicians or these people when they're not the ones actually organizing it. It's these corporate oligarchs that run the World Economic Forum, that run the World Health Organization, the UN, all these unelected bureaucrats and bureaucracies that are setting the tones and setting the narratives. They're imploding these corporations such as Bud Light and everything else because they don't care about them. They're bigger than these companies. Even though they're a billion-dollar company, they're bigger than them. And they're doing these political kamikazes to try to move us from our rock that we're on. But we're doing the opposite. We're going in the opposite direction. And that's the good news that I have for today. There's so much hope into our future. There's so much hope into humanity. We are not going to go without a fight. But these past couple of weeks, I've been supercharged and re-energized by the liberty movement that is taking root even locally in our neighborhoods. It is the most fascinating thing to see. And if you aren't involved yet, it's time to get involved And the first step that you do is recognize that we have a problem and recognize that you can make a difference. And the best and biggest difference that you can make right now is sign up to become a PCP for your local county and start going to these meetings. Seeing what these people that are representing you, see what they say, see what they talk about. Get involved, folks. It's the most rewarding thing you can do, I promise you. It is not boring. It is not... It seems boring at the time, but I promise you, the overall reward and the gratification that you and your children and your family will have of you, if you do that, well, it's the most fulfilling thing that ever. You're listening to Joshua Michael Non-Compliant America. Thank you very much for listening today. And as always, as always, you can make a difference. And watch your back. Clutching to what you thought
2: was real Kicking at a dead hole